0: Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Yeah. Inexhaustible episodes. God's fast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises. Simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn, reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word Okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night Immersed in sin, but then the, the light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ That shines light, the word in Genesis That assigned life and hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power, power of the, the gospel. gospel Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: Because of doctrine, glorifying God. With your hosts, Sean, Scott, and Lee.
0: Hey what's up? I'm this is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I'm Guys with Bibles. Just letting you know, I am Guys with Bibles. So joining us today is Sean and Lee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, yeah you're welcome yeah i'm lee and i'm sean and so we're so glad you had us on scott this <laughs> hey, is a yeah. great opportunity hey, god
0: bless you you know uh you know i couldn't be more it privileged was our,
1: it was our excellent blogging that that <laughs> earned us a place on your show hey, thank hey, you
0: hey god bless you guys you know. god bless you no god bless, bless you. your heart don't bless me i'm blessing
1: you Oh, okay. I see you. No, bless I my see heart. you. Scott, bless my heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> Thank you.
2: My grandma always said that when, like, in a way to say... You did something th- dumb? It, like, bless your heart. It means you're dumb, basically.
1: Yep.
2: <laughs> that was, was just
0: like, a nice way of telling you.
2: Yeah, it was a nice way of saying you're dumb. <laughs>
0: oh, bless your heart. Bless <laughs> your heart, you little nincompoop. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Oh, man. So, we're here to finish up Nehemiah 9. Um, I Woo! think we're starting in verse twenty two of chapter nine. Okay, wait, and wait. Wait. I have an
2: what? important I have an important question.
0: You have no important
2: questions. It's a it's a desert island question. Do you know what that is?
0: Oh great. Yes. Is this retaining to loss? Yes.
2: Um, no it, it Not
1: Penny's boat.
2: <laughs> so if you're stranded on a desert island, what pop? if you if you could choose one pop that you're like limitless with what would it be
1: uh, categorized pop does that mean any carbonated beverage or does it is it sugar and dye yeah, and, like, and all like that stuff yeah like classic
2: pop not lacroix okay classic pop
0: oh i would huh. definitely say um IBC uh it's the
2: the root beer cream, or the cream soda? N-
0: cream soda.
2: The red or the the nope. original?
0: This the original. the, the, like original the vanilla cream, cream soda. soda. Vanilla okay. cream soda.
2: Okay. That's a that's a you know, that's I, a high class choice. That's a high class.
1: That's pretty classy, I gotta admit. I, I think I would bring a two liter Mountain Dew. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: see, I would have to pick classic coca-cola and glass bottles Ooh. You, you can't get any better than that
1: you mean like the ones that come at christmas time or, limited edition? or yeah, with, the, like, with the polar or you bears mean on it? the old
0: ones with the actual cocaine in it
1: i mean <laughs> <laughs> or the ones the ones from mexico that have real cane sugar in them yeah plus they're in a in a glass bottle
2: yeah i like when they're like throwback made with real sugar like what what is it mm. made with now
0: Right. What's real sugar?
2: The corn evil syrup. Oh yeah, high fructose. Anyway, yeah. okay. I just wanted to ask. High that. fructose,
1: low morale.
2: <laughs> okay, back to the Bible now. Back to the back to the Bible.
1: Thank goodness. I just uh, Nehemiah nine.
2: I've been thinking about that all day.
1: That that's been bugging you all day. Yes, yes, it has. Any kind of pop is going to be a friend of mine
0: on a desert island. Yeah. true i don't know i cannot drink ginger ale what or or classic soda like whatever what is that
1: like rc cola no no there's no such thing as
0: soda it's it's what is that um yeah don't it's like a clear it's it's the clear soda or whatever
2: like seltzer
0: like club soda yeah club soda whatever that's for
1: like like mixed drinks and stuff then yeah, Sparkling but it's nice. Sparkling water is great. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh.
0: If it's flavored,
1: no. If it's flavored yeah. with
2: Mountain Dew, Even,
1: uh, Mountain Day. But. No, if it's plain, it's okay. I actually prefer that to like sugary pop. Nope. 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 I'll, I'll take a Perrier nope. anytime. Uh, no oh. way. And it's you hydrating. Would.
0: You would. You it's would. It's good. Of course.
1: It's he good, and at, it's the same price
0: as pop. You work at a retirement home, of course. Do you like those? <laughs> <laughs> they're good they're he, good he probably sneaks the insurers all day
1: <laughs> i've had insurers before and becky, they're not very good becky you don't need could, these
2: today <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In- insure and rice I'll tell you pudding what's,
1: i'll tell you what's really good and this is like an insider thing there's these things oh called magic boy. cups magic and cups it magic cup and it's it's a little cup of like fortified ice cream so it's packed with a bunch of like other nutrients, like protein and uh, um, electrolytes, and all sorts of stuff. But it's in ice cream form, and it is delicious. I like where that's going. Yeah, there's there's a. I like the chocolate, but there's a butter pecan flavor that's really good, and a mixed berry flavor that's awesome. So
2: you're telling me that if I eat this ice cream, I wouldn't need to eat anything else.
1: Yeah.
0: So basically you're telling us that we need to get laid up in a nursing home real soon and eat just mounds of ice cream.
1: I'm just saying there are some upsides <laughs> to having...
0: <laughs> hey, there are upsides. I never have
1: to change if the, my own bedpan. If you have bad nutrition and you're not able to eat a well-balanced diet, there's fortified ice cream waiting for you. Can, I'm just can you
2: imagine me and Scott old, like living next door to each other in a nursing home?
1: No, it would be a nightmare and, a, and the state would be in all the time. It would be epic. It'd be awful. We'd hey. play pranks on the other residents you'd you'd be trying to smoke your pipes out the window. <laughs> it, it wouldn't fly. I'd be
0: putting towels down by the door, trying not to have the smoke yeah. release. We'd, we'd off the set fire off alarms. the smoke
1: alarms yeah, it would be bad. oh man, okay, I'd probably resign. I'd move on
0: I'd hide my tobacco in Lee's room. <laughs> <laughs> uh so okay. anyways so Nehemiah 9 on that Nehemiah 9
1: Yeah verse Nehemiah 9 22, 22.
0: um Nehemiah 9 is actually a, a large prayer um made by the Levites so we have 22
1: okay. I can read 22 through 25 I got it Oh, you got it. Okay. Yeah. No one ever I have my CSB. He reads Truth Bible open in oh, front of me right now. I was going to say no yep.
2: one lets me read anymore cuz I have a CSB.
1: That's embarrassing. You <laughs> I would let you read tonight, but it's not my show. Yeah, it's Scott's.
0: Sit <laughs> <laughs> back, boys.
1: I know this isn't visible, but as soon as I said that I took a very long drink of water for like dramatic pause. <laughs> but you obviously you don't get that benefit in an Auditory medium. We need need to be FaceTiming right now. (laughs) The old school Facebook video days. Right. Do you remember those? Those were legit. Yeah. Hmm. Old school.
0: All right. 22 through 25. You also gave them kingdoms and peoples and allotted them to them as a boundary. They took possession of the land of Sion, the king of Heshbon, And in the land of Og, the king of Bashan, Bashan, you made their sons numerous as the stars of heaven. You brought them into the land which you had told their fathers to enter and possess. So their sons entered and possessed the land, and you subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites. And you gave them into their hand with their kings and their peoples of the land to do with them as they desired. They captured fortified cities and a fertile land. They took possession of houses full of every good thing, hones, cisterns, vineyards, olive groves, fruit trees in abundance, so they ate, were filled and grew fat, and re- revealed in your great revelled, reveled, whatever. Reveled in your great goodness, revelled. <laughs> Whoops.
1: You were doing so good, too. I was doing so
0: good, and I thought it said revered, but I guess I... Whoops. Reveled. So, anyways. So,
1: God did a, did some really good stuff for these guys. Yeah. Gave them all sorts of goodies. Yeah.
2: Basically, this, this is kind of a, a summary of God keeping all his promises that he had made to these people.
0: Right. So, he brought them into the promised land under land, Joshua. Land seed and blessing. Right? Yeah is basically what the Levites are discussing. So they're saying that they, yeah. he, God has brought them into the land uh, that was promised under Joshua. Um, and all this they enjoyed God's great goodness. Um, again, as we see in verse 26, the people rebelled. So God gave them over to oppressors, but because of his great compassion, he raised up deliverers. Um, the judges who freed them in verses 27 and 28, which we're going to get to. Um, So we'll get to that in just a minute. But basically, he's recounting Joshua to them. Well, the Levites are recanting Joshua to them, to the Israelites, to remind them. Look, this is what God did, did for you. And then you rebelled. And then now we're going to show you how he sends deliverers in the next couple verses. I think it's 27 through 29 or 30 or something like that. But um, so he's going to show how God is going to preserve them as a nation, even though they are countlessly rebelling against God.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. I was interested in, um, well, of course, you know, so through this passage here, going through a whole litany of things that God's given them, including uh, kingdoms and peoples and the land as a boundary. And the land was uh, the land of two wicked kings, Sihon and Og. And there's a, we, we learn, I think that's in Joshua where they're slayed and their land is taken. There's a multi-generational aspect here, too, because not only are the people given sons, but the sons continue to, to not only possess the land, but to subdue more land uh, by God's blessing, uh, more Canaanite land, uh, and they and they were able to do what they wanted with it. Uh, And what was interesting is not only did they get the land, but they got all the goods that were in the land as well. And these are all things that are basically staples of life. Cisterns, which hold clean water, vineyards, olive groves, fruit trees. So they, so they could eat were filled and they grew fat, which, you know, if you're not going to war constantly, you are going to live a life of peace and, you know, mostly sedentary. Right. And, uh, and, you know, growing fat was a good thing at the time because you weren't, you weren't wasting away in starvation and you weren't, you weren't being sent away from your land because if you're, if you're a hunter gatherer, you're not going to, you're not going to grow fat because you're going to be working constantly to, to try to find your next meal. But here they had planted themselves in a very fertile place and were able to, you know, settle, settle in, um, I actually got to see uh, an example of a cistern. Those those things were gigantic. Really, like it's not just like a well. Like you would you would think you know oh you know at, at our house we have a well or whatever you know right. and, and you or you think about you know Timmy falling down the well in Lassie T- no like these were legit um, thousands of gallons. Huh. Um, that were holding water, because you would use a cisterns, cisterns were incredibly important, especially like if you had a siege in a city. Like if Jerusalem was was besieged, they would immediately turn to the cisterns for clean water for both bathing and for drinking, uh, to try to keep things going as normal as possible. That' why that's why it was such a problem in Jeremiah when um, when God was talking about about the people choosing broken cisterns because broken cisterns get infiltrated uh, by disease or um, contaminations of, of different kinds. So it was important. Cisterns were incredibly important and to dig your own cistern and build it and secure it was incredibly labor intensive and expensive. So the fact that they could inherit these good cisterns and be able to have clean water to not only, for themselves to drink and to bathe, but they were also, I'm going to assume, using clean water to water and prune their vineyards and olive groves and fruit trees as well. Right. So, like, incredibly important, and it's kind of something that we don't get a connection with much in contemporary life.
0: Now, I'm actually reading here, um, Sihon and Og... Um, see Numbers twenty one and Deuteronomy two and three were crucial <gasps> victories. Yes, um, yeah, that I secured the Trans Jordan for
1: that. That was before Joshua. Of yeah, course. so it would I be before Moses Joshua. So yeah. I was actually yeah,
0: wrong on this. I was wrong. I was
1: more wrong. No, I was more wrong. Was more wrong. <laughs> mm.
2: Tisk tisk. See,
1: try try as you might. There's no amount of show prep that's quite enough. You can't can never really do right. it justice. Well,
0: I mean, I'm glad I'm glad we caught our mistake. I mean, that way, hey, we even make mistakes. We're not professionals. So in, twi- in chapter you know twenty-one of Numbers, and then uh, you can see where they take Sihon and Og, and Joshua is with them. In fact, yeah, the Israel. Sent messengers to Sihon the king of Amorites, saying, "Let me pass through your land. We will not turn off into the field of the vineyard. We will not drink water from the wells. We will go by passing the king's way until we have passed through your border." But Sihon would not permit Israel to pass through his border. So Sihon gathered all his people and went out against Israel in the wilderness and came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. Then Israel struck him with the edge of the sword. And you'll see that kind of um, wording, the edge of the sword in Joshua as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, struck them with the edge of the sword and took possession of his land from Arnon to Jabbok, as far as the sons of Ammon, for the border of the sons of Ammon was Jazer. Um, Israel took all these cities, and Israel lived in all the cities of the Amorites in the Heshbon and all her villages. For Heshbon was a city of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab and had taken all his land out of his hand, as for as the Arnon. Um, so we see here that they have taken possession of Sihon. Um, and you get down into Og in verses 33. Um, as you get down here, it comes with, uh, then they turned and went up by the way of Bashan. And Og, the king of Bashan, went out with all his people and battled at Edri or Edriai. But the Lord said to Moses, Do not fear. Fear him, for I have given him into your hands and all his people and his land, and you shall do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived in Heshbon. So they killed him and his sons and all his people until there was no remnant left. And then they possessed his land. Boom. Yeah. And that's the
1: kind of stuff that, that people criticize. Like, oh, you know, God's a terrible God because he uh he basically commanded the murder of entire groups of people. Yeah. But but then we see on this side here it's it was a, an act of grace on God's part uh toward his people that he that he gave them that land. Right. And they asked to pass through these
0: lands um at mm-hmm. first and they wouldn't and, let them. and they denied it and then they rose up against the Israelites. So, I mean, it comes down to um warfare. What, what are you going to do? Are you going to battle and just not take possession after you are winning the fight? I'm pretty sure the term for war is you battle until there is nothing left. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it was a very strategic strategy for God himself that he knew how to orchestrate the Israelites through certain battles like that. Which is amazing that they even...
2: Yeah, the, the numbers...
0: Uh, like, the numbers that the Israelites had compared to some of the armies that they faced was just... It's almost like watching 300 all over again. Yeah, hmm. yeah, they were tiny. Except they won. Right. Except they won, exactly.
2: <laughs> um Back to... Uh, I can't remember who said it, but about, you know, people saying, how can God, you know, basically work through the nation of Israel to to murder nations and and kill people. And it, it reminded me when I was reading uh, R.C. Sproul's book, The Holiness of God.
1: Oh, snap.
2: It, uh, basically, it's, he, Sproul's pretty straightforward and blunt with everything, but he, he basically said, you know...
1: What's wrong with you people?
2: It's like no one deserves to be alive basically, before God. God is not unjust in in ending anyone's life be, because, especially, you know, outside the nation of Israel, these people were not in a covenant relationship with him. They did not believe in him. They did not have faith, and they were unrepentant
0: sinners. Right. And they were actually given time to be repentant.
2: I'm not... And, you know... It's just the wages of sin is death. So right. basically he boiled it down to that. It, and it's not, it's, it's rough. It is, especially when you read passages in, in the old Testament where, you know, whole cities, you know, men, women, and children and livestock, everything is just slaughtered. It's rough. Right. It's awful, but it, it also paints a picture of, how awful sin is, and how awful the consequences of our sin can be and and is and it 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 makes you reflect that much more on the grace of God
1: well, and the awfulness of that situation uh, in comparison with uh when the day of the Lord does come, that's going to make these stories of of uh the old testament stories of wiping out certain peoples. It's gonna make that look like a you know, a picnic in the park. Oh yeah. In comparison.
0: That's, right.
1: That's why it's so important that we repent and believe now, you know, while we're in the in the time of grace.
0: Rather than face judgment, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And what's
0: interesting, this is the same God in the Old Testament as we see in the New
1: Testament. Yeah, we don't have time for, for Marcion right here. Yeah, I mean it, I think it just, was it-
2: what was it? Go ahead. Was it, was it Vodi that, uh, he said, uh, you know, Jesus isn't this, you know, loving hippie, you know, chill guy, you know, he, he was, he was there when fire rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah. And he was in absolute agreement in that happening
1: because yep. he's part yeah, of the he's Godhead. Not, he's not a, He's not a cool guy in a tuxedo T-shirt going to a he's not Skinner yeah he's concert.
2: In front row, of the Leonard Skinner concert.
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not one to bow down to an enemy. He he wipes them out. And um, he's got a sword coming out of his mouth. Right, and and that's the that's the thing we have made we have we have juvenileized Christianity today in America. Oh, um, that
1: book you're reading.
0: Oh man. That book is amazing. Um, the
1: juvenileization of juvenileization Christianity.
0: Juvenilization of Christi- <laughs> American Christianity, which is...
1: Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah. And it is great. Nice. It is amazing. Um, we have made love the main attribute of God. We have created this um, large landscape that God is all love. That's all he is, that no matter what, he loves everyone. Doesn't matter if you sin today, tomorrow, after you're saved, blah blah blah. He still loves you for who you are. He's your friend. Come talk to him. Yada yada. No, that's not that's not God of the Bible. The Bible says God is coming in Revelations 19 on a white horse, and He is going to rain judgment on people, and it's not going to be pretty.
1: No, it won't be pretty. So, and you know that—that's why we don't—we don't have any any uh, room for you know sitting back and saying, "Oh, I, I can't wait for those sinful people to get theirs." You know what I mean? Yeah, that—that is—that is, that
2: is not the way we we to look. To be at on it mission. At all.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: You should be.
1: You should be fearful for your neighbor. Yeah, you should be but that doesn't believe
2: horrified you. that that's going to happen to to anybody. Your enemy, your your friend, your family—you should be your horrified. Your brother, your
0: sister, your mother, you your father—you
2: should it should urge you to preach the gospel to them, like
0: every right. single day, every day. I you have to preach give. the
2: gospel to myself every single day.
0: But yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things that you don't give up preaching the gospel until you draw your very last breath. Yeah, because no matter you what. You don't know it's, when God's yeah, gonna take hold of that person. If yeah, if he does. It's not
2: it's not that it's an instantaneous thing like, oh, I preached the gospel to this person, so they're good. No, it Right. It it affects everybody different, everybody's called differently, and it might take someone a lifetime before they actually come to faith.
0: Yep. It's it all just, on God's it, Tommy. It's not on ours.
1: It, it's just
2: you, gotta, right. you You got to keep you, you're planting not the gonna, seed. You're
1: not going to plant the seed and harvest at the same time. Right. No. You may There's plant
0: a... the seed. Guess what? Someone's, someone else is going to be watering, and someone else is going to mm-hmm. be pruning. Right. So, yeah. you don't always get to see the finished product. If you do, no. and we, and we that glorify... is a true blessing. Yeah.
1: It is. That's true. And in, in our culture, our evangelical culture, glorifies the conversion but it doesn't glorify the, the the hardest work of preaching the gospel and nobody listening or paying attention or actively mocking you as you do it. Right. We don't think about that, but that's, that's the seed planting part, and it's very difficult. And you might not have a positive outcome immediately there, but you have to pray that God will use the words that you say to effectually call those that he chooses to call. Boom, I just went Calvinist on it. Right. Well, okay, are. anyway. Anyway, so let's dive we back into... We went way off Australia. track. We were way anyway. off track.
0: Wow. So
1: 26 through 30. All the bad stuff. Here we go. Well, this,
0: this
2: is my favorite part.
1: Here we go. They became disobedient and rebelled against you and cast your law behind their backs. They killed your prophets who had admonished them so they might return to you. And they committed great blasphemies. Therefore you delivered them into the hand of their oppressors who oppressed them. But when they cried to you in the time of their distress, you heard from heaven. And according to your great compassion, you gave them deliverers who delivered them from the hand of their oppressors. We're kind of starting to see this, the cycle go through here. So God brings them to delivers on his promise. They get comfortable and lax. They begin to sin And turn their back on God. God delivers them over to their enemies. And they are chastened. And then God brings them a deliverer and takes them back. uh, Delivers on his promise yet again. And then we await in the time of comfort for them to (laughs) apostatize again. Yeah, and it's... It's a vicious cycle.
2: And it's... I automatically thought of the Book of Lamentations, because uh, that that is like the experience of them in their oppression, in their deepest oppression. I believe was it the Babylonian exile. Uh, the Babylonians... uh, yes, yes, and I think so. And I mean that is that is a very graphic book, Lamentations. Oh is, man, and, and it's. It kind of, if you read that alongside this section, it kind of puts into perspective how oppressed the Israelites became before they turned back and cried out to God. Right, and uh,
0: especially in Lamentations three, where God says, "I drug your face across the gravel." Yeah, uh, or where's where's that at? Uh... He has broken my bones. He has besieged and encompassed me with bitterness and hardship. In the dark places he has made me dwell like those who long the dead. He has walled me in so that I can't get out. He has made my chain heavy. Even when I cry out and call for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways and honed stone. He has made my path crooked. He is to me like a bear lying in the wait. Like a lion in secret places, he has turned aside my ways and torn me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He has bent me. He has bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrow. He made the the arrows of his quiver to enter into my inward parts. I have become a laughing stock to all my people. Their mocking song all the day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has made me cower in the dust. My soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness. So I say, My strength has perished, and so has my hope from the Lord. I mean, Jeremiah just like drops the bomb right here. I mean,
2: they just hit, they hit he hits rock bottom that, and he's relating what he's feeling is what basically everybody is feeling. He's, he's kind of reflecting that
0: he's, he's reflecting on Israel's afflictions and how, how they are. They feel shut out from after everything they've done. They, uh, they feel helpless, worthless, that they have been completely cast out of God's favor. But then, then after that, He brings in a hope and relief in God's mercy. Right after that, in verse 19 of chapter three, and He just shows how God's love and kindness is abounding and always faithful to His people.
2: Absolutely, He, He, He made discipline and chasten, but. He has promises that he's made, and
1: he's not going to break those promises.
0: Right. So uh, as
1: we... Right, because that would violate his nature if he were, right, if yeah. were right. to do that. Then he'd be no better than us. Because we're, we're pretty much known for breaking our promises. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, break,
0: they, uh, I break promises
1: 24-7. But, you know, that's that's kind of the point that they're, that they're making here as they're confessing this this history of of um, apostasy. Right. You know, again and again, we didn't treasure your covenant, and we did what was uh, abominable in your sight. And you did, even though you did deliver us over to oppressors, even in, in that point, they were not outside of God's will, because it was God's will for them to be chastened while in exile. And his will was to bring them back home again, after uh, he had brought them to point of repentance yet again, right? Exactly. Because so, they say, and I don't want to, I don't want to skip too far, but um, in verse thirty one, that's where they say, you know, again they go through another cycle of of um, abandoning uh, God yet again, and then he brings them back, and they say, nevertheless, in your great compassion, you did not make an end of them or forsake them for you are a gracious and compassionate God. So after continual cycles of, of oppression, freedom, hate, hating God, oppression, freedom, peace, hating God, they still at the end of it. Now, when they're kind of at the, in the restoration part of that cycle, yes, God is a gracious and compassionate God that even though he might release them into, uh, Well, not release them, but he might move them out into a time of exile, captivity and oppression. It's for their spiritual good, because it's meant to bring them to repentance and to treasure his covenant again. And then they get to go home. Right. And God fully knows they will uh, turn their back on him again when, when the good times come. But he's gracious enough that he restores them over and over and over again. Boom. All right. Let's let's go
0: ahead and jump into verse twenty nine, and we'll just continue. Um, or we did we stop at twenty eight? Yeah. Yeah, we stopped at twenty eight. Okay, so at twenty eight we'll read till thirty one. Um, but as as they had rest, they did evil again before you. Therefore, you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies, so that they ruled over them. When they cried again to you, you heard from heaven. And many times you rescued them according to your compassion and admonished them in order to turn them back to your law. Yet they acted arrogantly and did not listen to your commandments, but sinned against your ordinances, by which if a man observes them he shall live. And they turned a stubborn shoulder and stiffened their neck, stiffened their neck, (laughs) stiffened their neck, and would not listen. However, you bore with them for many years and admonished them by your spirit through your prophets, yet they would not give ear. Therefore, you gave them into the hand of the peoples of the lands. Nevertheless, your great compassion, you did not make an end of them or forsake them, for you are a gracious and compassionate God.
2: So they literally screwed everything up.
1: Again,
0: Con-
2: Constantly, all the time
1: <laughs> Constantly
2: And they, they always resisted God And God basically drugged them Kicking and screaming Back to himself every time Right Yep Which is this kind is... of ironic because You know, he still drags people to himself Kicking and screaming
0: Exactly yeah, this this verse thirty is basically uh, through the prophets in verse thirty, but as a result of their ongoing sinning, they were taken into exile. Um, thirty and thirty one. This is and, their punishment. I mean, they're sent into yeah, exile. So I mean, and,
2: and a lot of people are like, "Where's the grace in this? In, in all this punishment?" And it
0: he could have killed them right. The, then. the simple
2: fact is he didn't. You know, they broke the covenant. You know. Right. Uh, God didn't have to, he could have just destroyed everything right there.
0: <laughs> he could have vaporized everything, just been like, you know what, I'll start over.
1: Well, and he's got a covenant with them as his particular people, but that's also grounded on the fact of the Noahic covenant also. Yeah. Right. Because, yes, he could wipe them out, and he could have abandoned the, the Hebrew people and chosen another people as his chosen people. Or he could have wiped the entire world out, except he promised
2: that he wasn't he wasn't gonna do that again
1: right so not so so they were protected not only by the Noahic covenant because God was not going to wipe out the land they lived on, but they were also protected by his covenant he made specifically with their people that he wouldn't wipe their family off the face of the earth either boom, so this and, is incredible exactly. and we're
2: back and we're back to that. You know God is keeping His promises, and God cannot break those promises because it goes against His nature.
1: Yeah, it's not
2: just won't, but can't. Yeah, he he can't. He, if he it's did, impossible. he wouldn't. He wouldn't be
1: God. Right. Right. Hey There Sean. are some things God can't do. He can't yeah. be bad.
0: Um, if you want to read thirty-two through thirty-seven, okay. And then we'll we'll all wrap up on thirty-eight and. Okay. Go from
2: there. All right. 32 to 37. So now our God, the great, mighty, and awe-inspiring God who keeps his gracious covenant, do not view lightly all the hardships that have afflicted us, our kings and leaders, our priests and prophets, our ancestors, and all your people from the days of the Assyrian kings until today. You are righteous concerning all that has happened to us because you have acted faithfully While we have acted wickedly, our kings, leaders, priests, and ancestors did not obey your law or listen to your commands and warnings you gave them. When they were in their kingdom, with their abundant goodness that you gave them, and in the spacious and fertile land you set before them, they would not serve you or turn from their wicked ways. Here we are today, slaves in the land you gave our ancestors so that they could enjoy its fruit and its goodness. Here we are, slaves in it. Its abundant harvest goes to the kings you have set over us because of our sins. They rule over our bodies and our livestock as they please. We are in great distress. Boom. Wow. So this is just, to me, This my little note that I wrote here in my Bible is, God is just and Israel is wicked. Basically, it sums it up. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, they're bringing the whole thing home. You know, they've spent half the time talking about God's faithfulness and how gracious He is, and another half of the time talking about how terrible they were and how short sighted they were about the glory of God's covenant to them.
2: And now they're basically, they've come to the point where they're like, we deserve what we're getting because of what we've done. And you are just in what you are doing. So,
1: yeah, they're not crying out unfair, unfair, because yeah, now they're, they they're, see, oh my yeah. goodness, we've done this enough just in our own lifetime. We've done this. We're bad.
2: But here at the end, you know, we are in great distress. This is almost the start of, you know, a cry out to God for help, you know, for deliverance, repentance. Yeah. So they're, they're, Yet again, there's this cycle of, you know, sinning and turning away from God and then repenting and then being, being delivered by God, and, and we're coming to that, you know, repentance part of the cycle. Unfortunately, it continues on.
1: And they see the sad irony of their sin. God yeah. promised to give us this really good land, and he did give it to us. And because we were so stupid and sinned against him and hated him, now... now we might be living in it, but we're slaves in it. Yeah, right. we're it's slaves not even in it, our land. And, and someone's over
2: us, taking everything from us. So,
1: Right. And we, a, we hated God and his promises so much that we gave away the land he promised to give us to a wicked king that also hates God. Yes. Yeah. About time they wake up. Exactly. That yeah, CSP read
0: smooth, though, didn't it? I don't it? care about your CSP. Very you smooth. Old. Faithful <laughs>
1: and true. <laughs> faithful and true
0: <laughs> the Assyria um, it was the first great power after Egypt that uh, menaced Israel and Judah um, in the beginning of the 9th century over 400 years from Nehemiah's time um, even while the Israelites were enjoying God's blessing of his great goodness um, in the land they were still sinful as you guys have stated Um Now they were slaves in their own land Being slaves It meant that they were They had to pay the taxes to Persia And Judah's governmental leaders um, Had to give Persian kings Tribute from From the produce Of the land Um,
1: Yeah they were basically paying rent on land That they already already owned owned. Exactly
0: and Nehemiah's prayer It ends with A plaintive admission of the great Distress yeah, it's we're
2: in great distress. It, it, that kind of how the how bad the Jews thought of the Assyrians and how brutal the Assyrians were, that's completely why Jonah was like, No, I ain't going to Nineveh. That was an Assy that was you know, that's part of Assyria. That's mm-hmm. part of he was like, yeah. I'm not going there, so you can save those nasty people, basically. And so, they
1: were so nasty. Yeah, and do, he, do you know what? He some was of like, the I'd rather did? you
2: destroy them and right. you know,
1: <laughs> they, they would go. The Ninevites. They'd go in a, against their enemies, and they would. They'd slaughter the men. They, they'd slaughter the men in in the villages sometimes, or they'd just go and they'd chop off their hands, and the men couldn't work anymore. Well, they, or they'd maim people and like poke their eyes out or whatever. They might not even kill everybody, but they'd maim them so you knew. Oh crap! The Ninevites have been here. Look, none of the men have hands. Right. So. Again, this is another benefit of the Literal Word app, which if you haven't downloaded it, you really need to download it. See, I've
0: I've been getting used to that app. It's actually not bad. Oh.
1: Oh, my goodness. I like Logos
0: better, but.
2: You know, I don't even read the NASB a whole lot anymore, and I use it all the time because it's a wonderful app, so.
1: Honestly, it's great because um, if you, like, say you're reading your CSB, and you just put it put it next to your CSB as you read or do your devotions. And you can, not only do you have the benefit of having another translation next to the one that you're reading in paper, but then you've got the word study uh, access in the app too. So it's kind of two in one. The cool thing,
2: the cool thing about the CSB too, is in the thought for thought sections, they'll in the bottom and the footnotes, they'll have the literal translation from either the NASB or the ESV in the Mm -hmm. bottom that you can compare with the Thought for Thought. So you have that there, and then if I use the Literal Word app with it, it, it's great. That's cool.
0: Yeah, with the NASB,
1: you don't have to walk with the Literal Word app down through there. I I wanted to talk (laughs) specifically what (laughs) 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 what I was looking at here when I was... Doing, doing my show prep, was in verse 38, show in, in NASB, it says, now because of all this, we are making an agreement in writing. So the, uh, the, head, the heading there says, a covenant results. But that's not really that's not exactly correct. Because if you go back and you look at when God makes a covenant, the Hebrew word they use is amana. Uh, I'm sorry, it uses amana here, amana for agreement but when god makes a covenant it's berit so this is a different type of agreement it's Th- like this is an we're, we're writing down that we sorry go ahead what were you saying i was going to
2: say like an agreement among like peers or
1: well so an amanah it means faith or support surety kind of a thing so i think this is a way of differentiating maybe levels of of covenant. Two different words. Barit would be referring to a divine covenant, God's God's covenant that he makes, because that word is associated with God making covenant with his people. That's it. You're making so bust up. the N E T. So like the human the human assent to joining that covenant uh, or or re-pledging themselves um, to be faithful to it would be amana okay. I'm thinking it's a way of of differentiating Okay, look a berith is is a much higher thing because god is the author of covenants that are referred to as berit in scripture but when people sinful people are are restored by god and are in right covenant with him again when they confess and say i love your covenant and i want to i want to uh I want to continue on under this covenant with you. It would be uh, kind of a, a signature of faithfulness or fealty.
2: Right. That makes sense.
1: I just thought it, I thought it was interesting because you, know, you, uh, would, you would think if they're making a covenant with God that it would use the same word, but it's not. It's a different word.
0: See, in the NET, it says um, the covenant of loyalty equals the covenant of fidelity, um, and it's going with verses 38 on, uh, the binding covenant written form, uh, in the NET, it says this, because all of this, we are entering into a binding covenant in written form. Our leaders, our Levites and our priests have affixed their names on
1: the sealed document. So the fact that it's in writing sets it apart. Yeah. Which I mean is handy for us because you have you have an objective thing to look back at. Well, well,
0: a covenant basically is an agreement between two parties, and if if right. either party fails at the agreement, then the covenant is it's voided. Well, especially
1: because a human to human covenant would would be written down, right? You know, there's there's a whole literary form for how those were written uh in the ancient near east. Right. And, and it, all the cultures were doing them. They were written, they and, were written form. And, and when God made a covenant, he passed through himself. Right. And he you know, I mean, he did end up writing it down, you know, right, progressively in revelation to his his prophets and his people, but um I don't know, I just I just thought it was a really interesting distinction there. That was pretty interesting. I actually did not look for that,
0: which surprising
2: yeah that literal that word did, it's that free didn't come to mind and that that kind of uh, helped me understand that verse quite a bit more right I actually kind of just thank you Leroy
0: glimpsed right over but um, <laughs> glad to help so Sean or Lee where can they find us
1: Sean I'll give you a break okay whatever Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <Here's a surprise. laughs>
0: Oh Lord, um, how long?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they can find us on social media at Facebook. Uh, they can uh, find Guys with Bibles on there and uh, ask to join, and we will let you in and uh, come join the group. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Guys with Bibles. Uh, you can see us online at our website, guyswithbibles.com. So our blogs are there, and also the audio files of the podcast themselves, so you can listen to the audio straight from the website and stream it through there. Or you can find our podcast on virtually every podcatcher you can think of. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts, it's on Google Play, uh, Overcast, Pocket Casts, I think Stitcher. It's not on, on Spotify, but I'm working on that. Um, so yeah... Go look for us, and then if you want to, if you want to talk to us, we're very active on Twitter, uh, and our DMs are open. You can message us through there or Instagram, or you can email us directly at guyswBibles at gmail.com. and I believe that goes to all of our phones. Yeah, I think, so we're I think just it does. Uh,
2: yeah, we're just an email away. And also, if you subscribed on iTunes. Please go and uh, give us a you know a review. Hopefully a five star review, and maybe leave a little blurb that helps us uh, get seen more and more. So
1: and say something nice. Yeah, say (laughs) Say. something nice. And if you if you happen to make a sneaky Dune reference, I will give you a shout out at the end of the show. I don't care what anybody else says. Yes.
0: What's Dune?
1: (sighs) You're no longer. Uh, We're not even going to start. Okay. (laughs) Look.
2: I
0: don't have, I've been I've been I
1: don't have the to patience. tell you this for a while. <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> I've you're, been the, waiting. you're the you're <laughs> the like you.
0: And we are Guys with Bibles and we're out. See you next time.
1: No, you won't, it's a podcast.